Jack. Levi. Are we the crazy ones? Hello everyone, welcome to Are We The Crazy Ones. I'm Jack, and this episode Levi and I cover Varg Smile by Varg Vikanes, written in prison while Mr Vikanes was serving a sentence for murder and arson. But, a bit of admin before I get into the good stuff, we've changed our name. Our podcast, previously called Poe's Law, is now called Are We The Crazy Ones. We're not used to this change, and I'm pretty sure I refer to the podcast as Poe's Law in this episode, but we'll acclimatise eventually. So why the name change? Poe's Law referred to the difficulty of distinguishing satire from genuine extremism over the internet. Given that we've covered the Unabomber, Juan Posadas, and now Varg Vikanes, that theme is clearly unsuitable. All these people are sincere. As such, are we the crazy ones? We cover people who hold extreme beliefs, and more often than not, live more difficult lives for these views. They're seeing something that neither Levi nor I can see. Hence, we ask ourselves whether we're the crazy ones, whether we're completely missing something important that the people we cover have picked up on. So, to the non-existent hordes of fans who loved the previous name, we unreservedly apologise. So, back to the episode. Born in 1973, Farg Vikanes, stage name Count Grishnak, is a Norwegian musician, writer, proud pagan and tabletop RPG designer, most well known for his pivotal role in the Norwegian second wave black metal scene in the 1990s, playing in bands such as Mayhem and probably most importantly in his one-man band Burzum. Commonly regarded as far right, although he has rejected this label in the past, Varg's infamous for a few reasons, many of which can be illustrated using his 1994 trial for murder and arson, for which he was sentenced to 21 years in prison, the maximum penalty available in Norway. On the murder front, in 1993, he killed a fellow band member of the band Mayhem, stage name Euronymous, having stabbed him 23 times. Regarding arson, Varg was convicted of burning down three wooden stave churches in Norway and acquitted of burning down a fourth, denying involvement in all of these, but stating that the churches were likely burned as revenge for Christian desecration of Viking sacred sites and graves. As icing on the cake, he was also convicted of the theft and storage of 150 kilograms of explosives found in his house, along with around 3,000 rounds of ammunition. Of his 21-year sentence, Varg served nearly 15. And what's Vargsmal? Vargsmal, translated into English as Varg's Speech, is a book that Vikanes wrote in prison. In it, he outlines his thoughts at the time, largely concerned with returning Norway to ethnic homogeneity, promotion of a racially congruent paganism, guarding against race mixing, a rejection of Christianity, and defending himself against a media landscape, which he felt was unfairly maligning him. This is all seasoned with generous helpings of anti-Semitism, something for which he is unapologetic and of which he is proud. During parts of his prison stint, Varg identified as a Nazi, although he no longer describes himself as such, characterising his beliefs as odalism instead. He also doesn't endorse all of the views espoused in Varg's mile, saying that it was written when he was young and staring down the prospect of being in prison for the same length of time as he had already been alive. He also didn't have the opportunity to proofread and doesn't approve of many of the translations of his work. So, Vargsmal is a snapshot of a particular time in his life, but one that seems in large part consistent with what he still believes today. He now lives in France with his wife and eight children, spending his time writing, filmmaking, making music, and working on his tabletop role-playing game, 
named Mythic Fantasy Role-Playing Game, or Mifarog to its friends. Today, we're going to talk about Varg Smile by Varg Vikernes, and we're going to ask ourselves the question, are we the crazy ones? So Jack, who is Varg Vikernes? Yeah, the dude, the dude is, uh, he's, I think he's a legitimately dangerous person, because he... Yeah, <laughs> it's he, he, extremely he's dangerous. The, the, the murder in self-defense where he, he, he stabbed Euronymous, I think, twice in the head, five times in the neck, and over 10 times in the back. Although yeah, he something claims like that the, 15 or 30 times. The stab total. wounds in the back, yeah. He claims that that's because he fell backwards onto glass, which is why it looks like there are a lot of stab wounds in his yeah, back. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the defensive stabbing in the back. And then he also he he escaped from prison. Wait, what? I he was being transferred from a um, yeah, he was being transferred from a high security prison to a lower security prison, and I think it, it was either when he was being transferred or from the low security prison, he escaped, stuck up a family of three like in their car with a gun, and got them to drive him away. And he, he was caught 19 hours later or something by the police and they found there was a cabin he'd been in with a rifle in it. And yes. in the car that he'd, he'd, he'd nicked, there was a bunch of survivalist stuff like camouflage, GPS locator, mobile yep. phone, a laptop. He, he lives in France at the moment with his wife and I found on Wikipedia it says he has eight children. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> given the contents of Varg Smile, which we're going to get into, that's not inconsistent. That's, that's not unbelievable. Yes. And um, he was, he, he, he and his wife were, were done by the French anti-terror police because his wife bought four rifles legally. Yeah, right. yeah, uh, yeah. Legally bought them. But <laughs> they must, they, it raised a few red flags and they got arrested because they were suspected of planning a terrorist attack. <laughs> with the rifles they yeah, bought. Yeah, right. They were released later, but these these are people who are known to have been quite politically extreme yes. for a while. Yes. Definitely on a few watch lists. I've got a, a, a great section of Varg Smile in which he discusses mm. the Euronymous murder. Just to get... what about What about, though? Yeah. We can... Let's tell people what is Varg Smile. Okay. Yeah, let's go. We, so, <laughs> actually, this is a good point. So, Varg is actually a prolific writer. Um, mm -hmm. He has, he's written something like 30, 30 books, most of which, and, and Jack and I, mark our words, we will be coming back to Varg uh, because he is he's a <laughs> you're, wellspring. You're more content. passionate about coming back to Varg than me. <laughs> Look, I, I like playing D&D, &D, right, every now and then. And um, so I like tabletop RPGs and tabletop games in general. And Varg has created a tabletop role-playing game based mm -hmm. on his worldviews <laughs> strongly informed by his, <laughs> his views of race politics and mm -hmm. uh what's it called again uh, i can't i can't remember it's called the, mifarog yeah, it's mifarog. like mythic fantasy role-playing game yeah mifarog. so it's 
it's literally D and D, but with more Norse influences, and re just reflects his views on in, on gender and and race. <laughs> um, and but yeah, yeah. But we we intend to well, hopefully one day Jack and I will have the uh, opportunity to play <laughs> to, to play Mifarog together and uh, <laughs> and indulge in Vars <laughs> fantasy when we world. live in the same continent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so we thought it would be important to lay down the uh, groundwork of what of what informs Mifarog, the philosophical groundings of Mifarog, uh, <laughs> the edif the edifice from which uh, this man produces uh, such prolific amounts of literature and Vargsmal and music and music and Vargsmal is his text that I believe he wrote in prison. And for context, mm -hmm. he he he's Norwegian, and I believe he wrote this in his mother tongue, and it has been translated into English and some other languages. So it's not perfect, uh, quote unquote, perfect read. But also, he he has a he has a caveat at the end that he didn't have an opportunity to go through any sort of editorial process because the manuscript mm -hmm. was confiscated of him. Uh, so Vargsmal yeah, is, is basically... <laughs> yeah, this is pure. This is pure straight from the mind <laughs> of the genius. It's pure Varg. And pure Varg, yeah. So Vargsmal is essentially his, uh, his magnum opus. <laughs> and I'm his not perspective. sure if it's his magnum opus because he, he talks about how he doesn't really agree with it anymore, but... Good. It's taken to be a foundational work of of Varg, of Vargism, I, I guess. Although I'm not sure he would quite he, he would like the name, but explains his his it, his early worldview around the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was written in prison, so he was 21 years old. He'd just been sentenced to 21 years in prison. Yeah, he was in. He says he was in isolation when he wrote it, so maybe that means solitary confinement. Maybe not. I'm really not sure how the Norwegian prison system works. Yeah. And he said that he wrote it mostly to defend himself from the lies that the media and, you know, the, the Jewish media in Varg's telling was telling about him because he was quite n notorious in Norway after the, the church burnings the murder black metal itself is it's a very theatrical type of music very confrontational and to to people who haven't burned their ears out by listening to lots of metal quite unpleasant to listen to yes and and i would say Varg, vargsmal is the second most important thing he made in prison the most important are still the the Burzum Dungeon synth albums that he released when he wasn't allowed to use to to play guitars or drums or anything like that. Yeah, I did. I listened to some of the old Dungeon synth stuff while I was and what reading books on it. Do you like? Do you actually like it? Uh, I mean, I, I listen to a lot of metal. I mostly listen to death metal because I remember grind. I've never man, been a huge black when metal we're in, fan. Um, but when we were in undergrad, you used to like send me Burzum. <laughs> Album to listen to <laughs> on you, and I'm just like, what the fuck is this man? <laughs> it's yeah, uh, I've I've never massively gotten into black metal. It's an acquired yeah. taste. Philosophem is a is a legit. Yeah, you sent me good album. Yeah, I think with the uh, yeah, I got the trumpet lady from um, the Philosophem 
front cover tattooed on my back as I was reading Varg Smile just to, <laughs> just to really get into it. Uh, and yeah. uh, the dun- Dungeon Synth doesn't do much for me. Most black metal doesn't really do much for me. But I, I've listened to enough metal that I'm not driven away by the harshness. It's mostly that it, black metal can get a bit dull sometimes. Yeah, can be a bit repetitive. But May- yeah, Mayhem, well, Mayhem's point. second album is actually like pretty actually an interesting album i think mm-hmm. the one that yeah. was released Dark around Throne this time have some really good stuff before they became a before they became a cross punk band pretty much <laughs> so i think the first sentence is actually really good <laughs> just the opening sentence yeah. today what was it's the first more sentence? the first sentence is today it is more important to die than to live i feel like if he had just stopped Oof. there Oof. The kid's like, okay, whatever comes next is just, it's all downhill from there. Because that is actually a pretty punchy, <laughs> pretty punchy open line. <laughs> yeah. He definitely opens up strongly and he starts talking about Mother Pig. Mm, yeah, straight away. <laughs> pretty quickly. <laughs> the mo- so yeah, what, straight away, what exactly I think. Is, is the Mother Pig? I, is, that his ref- is that his stand-in for uh, the state? The yeah, Jewish so, Christian state. Mm-hmm, yeah, he, he brings so he brings up Mother Pig quite often. And in my reading, Mother Pig is Yeah, the, the, the Jewish Christian state. So Varg Varg sees Christianity as something wholly foreign to Europe. Yeah. And it's 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 a tool made by the Jews to weaken Europeans, specifically Germanic Europeans. Yeah, in the confrontation between the northern sort of tribal, like whatever you want to call it, the northern tribes or the Germanic tribes versus the Roman Empire, I believe. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Even before that. Even before like, the Romans. I, I think he, yeah, he, he just, he views, he, he sees so clearly, clearly, Germanic Europeans are the best. <laughs> Blonde <laughs> hair, blue eyes, they're, Obviously. they're the best. Oh, uh, the, in, this, in is great <laughs> this is a great line. Sorry, Jewish people are really jealous. Yes. But Vi gives a number of explanations as to why Jewish people want to weaken and destroy the Germanic peoples. But one of the main ones he brings up seems to be that they're really jealous at just how good blonde-haired and blue-eyed people from Northern Europe are. Yes. Hence, they created Christianity. Yeah, they created Christianity to make them weak slaves who just exist to serve Mother Pig. Yes. I I loved the... It stuck out for me. (laughs) The, The line about... Oh, what's what what things are blue? Like when he was talking about eye colors, is like, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. the ocean is blue and the sky is blue, and there's many mm-hmm. flat, beautiful flowers that are blue. So obviously, blue eyes are better. Yeah, <laughs> this is like the reasoning of like a twelve year old. And 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 <laughs> and what's brown? Oh well, manure is brown and dirt is brown. And then he goes, and then he makes his, um, uh, you know, just yeah. You know, as as a mixed race person, I found this <laughs> I found this very interesting. He goes, how do you remove? Uh, what happens when you put brown dirt 
in nice clean blue water. <laughs> well, the water becomes brown. Do you, <laughs> do you want the quote? <laughs> yes, come on. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, what you were saying before, he th- this is in the context of race hygiene. Yes. <laughs> in fact, there's an entire section that says not enough race hygiene. In, a l- no, a little more race hygiene. As, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. To preface everything, the probably the most foundational idea of Varg Smile is that the Germanic peoples are the best and they remain the best by remaining racially pure. Like any... Race mixing in general is really bad, but it's worst when it's with someone who's blonde-haired and blue-eyed because you're destroying something that's so good with something that's so much worse. Yeah. Uh like, it's, it's super important to him. One of the first things he says in the book is he tells you his heritage. He says, I'm an angry Teutonic with 1 16th Swedish and 15 16th Norwegian blood, and I'm offended when non-Germanic people use my race's symbols and history. Yeah, so, so he is, this is some context. The funny thing is that he's on side with modern uh, leftist perspectives about he's against uh, cultural appropriation. So he would actually yeah. be yeah, he'd actually be in vogue these days. He'd be huge on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, there was this part when he was talking about the Celts, and he he likes the Celts. He sees them yeah. as a proud, a proud people, fair fair skinned race. Yes, <laughs> but, and he was saying like I I could never be you know, follow a druidic religion or something like that because I'm not Celtic. It would be totally unacceptable. Yes, so it cuts both ways. You know, Vi- Vibe doesn't want non-Scandinavians or non-Germanics stepping on his his Norse mythology. But at the same time, he's not going to overstep the bounds either. But anyway, about about the colour blue. Um, so so he, he's talking about, in the context of, say, brown hair and blonde hair, brown eyes and blue eyes, why if blonde hair and blue eyes, if they're so good, why are they genetically recessive traits he says so why does brown eyes repress the blue it is simple if we blend ocean water in brackets blue eyes with dirty water in brackets brown eyes then we get dirtier water and this is after talking about how blue is good because it's the color of heaven many beautiful flowers and the ocean and brown is the color (laughs) of shit yep very diplomatic point of view. Very scientific as well. I found this yeah. one incredibly insightful. <laughs> I walked away from this <laughs> thinking, maybe I am the crazy one. <laughs> he's got a... He's, <laughs> Bog's got he's a got very a point. good point. <laughs> Genes <laughs> are like water. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, and he... Varg, Varg positions himself as a, a heathen. He <laughs> talks about the need for the Germanic peoples, to rediscover their heathen religion. Yeah, he really likes heathens. Which, yeah, which involves, yeah, being, valuing strength, self-sufficiency, and pride. And in the context of pride, that that is racism. He, he, I don't, I don't say this as, sort of as an accusation of Varg, because he, embraces the term he very 
soon into Varg smile says, I am racist and it's a really good thing. Yeah. Like, I, and I he, encourage but, everyone to be racist. And Jack, you need to not throw the baby out with the bathwater because we need to be clear. He doesn't at any point inherently advocate the destruction of other people's. And, and the part of the no, reason... No, 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 no. He... He, Ex- there is one there is section one where exception. he just says, he <laughs> there, says gas There is one exception. He's definitely advocating for genocide. <laughs> However, other than that one section, uh, he, says that, <laughs> he says that it's good and natural for a people to be proud. And he does kind yeah. of make an exception that, oh yeah, I, I can't remember uh, which specific races he labels, but he's, you know, like, Scandinavian people should be proud to be Scandinavian. Like African people should be proud to be African. Um, and he says that it, it's natural for a, a race to think that they are the supreme race and that others are, mm-hmm. uh, are beneath them. And I, as a Norwegian or I, as a as a Germanic person, therefore think that my race is the best. Yeah, yeah, and and you do not mix the races, and do not don't do that not is, do no, not mix races. Don't don't no, that's don't a do no that. Go. <laughs> and um, it's yeah. really interesting because today, at at, at least in you know, the Anglophone world, um, I can't speak to most countries on Earth, but you know, being called racist is like that. That's bad. In in yeah, like that. That's considered something you don't want to be. That, that that's that's really not something you want to be accused of. So it's so are we the crazy ones, was, Jack? Are we the crazy <laughs> well, ones? Are we the crazy ones? Maybe maybe Varg's onto something. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting reading a book where it's like he just embraces the term. Yeah, out of the he's gate, not, he's just like yeah. But it's a good. It's thing. Like yeah, I'm racist. I'm racist, but it's like, he's got you, this you should quote. be too. <laughs> Yeah, he's got this um, on page one. Racism is not foreign fear or hate or an inferiority complex. It is a sign of spiritual health and love for yourself mm. and your own race. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is like loving your race as it is to love your own children, and anything else is sick. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so it, it's it's something new. It it um, I wouldn't say it's refreshing, but it's different. To read someone who who not only who, who's just so open, it's like, yep, I'm racist. You should be racist too. Yeah, I yeah, it's interesting. I wish that I could say that this is the first white supremacist book that I've read, but in fact, it's not. It's the second after <laughs> <laughs> after Bronze Age pervert. So, you know. I'm sure the novelty will wear off at some point. If we read <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't say white nationalism is 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 novel. It's just that when I someone just is this been in your exposed face, to it very much. Yeah, personally. <laughs> In my in my lived experience, I I don't interface with white nationalism that much. <laughs> No, I can't say it's it's really appealed, but maybe we're the crazy ones. Maybe we just <laughs> yes. need to think about Varg Smile a bit more. Yes, yes, I am racist and proud of us of it. It is not negative to be racist. It is natural. <laughs> Racism is not hate of another race. It is to put your own race over another. Yep, there you go. 
this is a progressive <laughs> this is a progressive nuanced view of racism <laughs> so so but that that is actually a point that i wanted to bring up jack when i was thinking about recording earlier which is essentially the word the term racist these days and the term white supremacist gets thrown around a lot you know sometimes arguably mm-hmm. inappropriately you say like you pull out the r word call somebody racist mm-hmm. and <laughs> and maybe some conversation over. maybe yeah conversation over you win the conversation and then you, you think from you maybe look at it from the outside you know reading twitter or whatever uh hey Maybe they're not racist. Maybe the system's just a bit out of whack. Maybe there's just like some leftover sort of discrimination from stuff. But like the people that are doing X, Y, Z are not fundamentally racist. You know, it's just a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... But... But Varg... It is because... Varg is just racist. And, yeah. and Varg is actually yeah. just well, a white it's... supremacist. <laughs> Yeah, and very, very openly. Like he, he makes no bones about this. He wants you to know that he's a white supremacist. And even, even within the race, like the subdivisions of different white or like parts of Europe, like he is also mm-hmm. a, a Germanic. A Germanic by Germanic, he sort of mixes the words Germanic and sort of, uh, you know, like Northern. Germanic yeah. with reference to the way the Romans yeah. spoke about the Germanic char- tribes, but like Scandinavian. Yeah. Um, and he's like, yeah, well, Scandinavian's obviously better than, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, the French or whatever. Yeah. He, um, at the time of writing Vargsmile, he no longer identifies as a Nazi, but at the time he did identify as a Nazi. The reason why he's he's altered his view of the Nazis is because he, he, he thinks that their, their discrimination not against discriminatory Slavs enough. Is, is, is regressive. That's not okay. Well, there you go. But apart from that, there, apart from you know, that there's right. a man fighting for inclusion and equity. <laughs> we should not put down. <laughs> as white supremacists, we should include the Slavs. <laughs> the Slavs <laughs> as as a part of the 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 super race. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The uh, the notoriously dark skinned Slavic people. <laughs> yes. Well, obviously, the Scandinavians should not mix with the Slavs. <laughs> I assume. Well, no, 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 no. no, 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 no. Don't. <laughs> Listeners, don't misunderstand us. The Slavs are okay, but they shouldn't mix with the Scandinavians. Okay, so, but if you have, like, dark-skinned people and then light-skinned people, within light-skinned mm. people, like, Slavs are not that bad, right? Mm. No, no. But, I mean, it's always, there, there, are, there are always subdivisions. It's like, I mean, it's like an RPG. It's like, like Mifarog. There it's are like, lots of classes. It's like, life is like Mifarog, <laughs> like, where everybody's stats are based on their their uh, their, their racial heritage. Well, yeah. Jack, you really threw the shorts up there, mate, with uh, with that bloody brown hair and the freaking brown eyes, mate. <laughs> well, man, I'm I'm white. When I read white supremacist texts, I expect them to be, you know. Not to regard me as the bad guy. I was reading bits about how like brown hair and brown eyes are the shit. It's like, what? You're discriminating against me too? Well, that is unacceptable. <laughs> That's unacceptable. It's um, yeah. So the, this guy's not just a white supremacist. He's like 
a whiter supremacist. <laughs> I'm not white enough. <laughs> not white enough. Or at least you should recognise that Scandinavians are better than you, mate. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And even within the Scandinavians, there are there's a hierarchy where Norwegians are obviously the best ones. Norwegians are the best Scandinavians, of course. Yeah, because they have the the harshest um, they have the harshest environment. They have the harshest environment in. during during evolution that they had to become the hardest. Yeah, <laughs> but he he doesn't re- he. I wonder what his thoughts are on the Icelandic people. Because he, he only mentions yeah. Icelandic people once. And I'm just like, mate, come on. <laughs> like, Icelandic That's people are giants. Super harsh. Yeah, it's super harsh. Maybe he just didn't want to fess up. Maybe he's got an inferiority complex with regards to the giants. The Icelandic... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what he didn't say in Varg Smile, that the Icelandic <laughs> are actually the, the master race and the Norwegians are subordinate. What about that bit about... Um, how about we talk a bit about his view of Christianity and its effects on society? Because that's... Well, I mean, what do we talk about? That's pretty much the entire book. But Because yeah. Chris, Christianity is, is a foreign religion and a foreign way of thinking to you could think of it as proud kind of a foreign Germanic peoples Christianity is a foreign object in the anus of Germanic yeah. Europe a mind virus that needs to be removed and it makes Germanic people do all sorts of things that they're not meant to do and one of them is making them more tolerant of of foreigners and non-Germanic people yes it's weak another them. one is the um yeah another one is making them more tolerant of weakness Yes. Where they, they really shouldn't be. And he's got this... And, and that tolerance of weakness is degrading their genetic stock. Yeah. Because obviously Varg is a pro-science person who believes in the importance mm. of natural selection and good explanations. Yeah. He's got this quote. Today must all live, regardless of how weak and sickly or deformed a child is, it's required to live. The same is considered of the old. They don't have permission to die. They are tied up to advanced machines only to give the government a statistic for high duration of life so they can show other governments and to use it to manipulate people with the belief that we are all better off than all others. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I mean, we're, we're allowing weaker children to live. Yeah. And then allowing the old to live as well. So we're just... we're. From all directions, well, we're, we're weakening. weakening. We're weakening the population, and and add on top of that, race mixing, mate. We're oh, well, society's we're going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> well, we're going to get to the meat soon of race mixing, but with the with the how old people are not given permission to die part, I don't totally disagree with Varg in that area. Go I on. mean, you look at. Yeah, you look at, say, the last year of someone's life in mm. our society. Oftentimes, it's awful. They're in and out of hospital on a million different medications to prolong their life, where oftentimes they're quite ambivalent about continuing to live mm. themselves. So It often I'll... feels like... So their, their family want to push them to live for obvious reasons, like they don't want a loved one to die. And the medical system oftentimes just tries to extend life without asking the question, is this particularly pleasant for the person who is having their life extended? 
Yes. So I'm trying to be charitable, trying to see some no, no, area I'll, I'll there. of I'll go possible there with agreement you, with Varg. I'll go there with you, mate. Uh, let, let's do it. Why not? You've already agreed with mm. all these other views, so... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and then an interesting one is what about what about so again we go back to the, what are we trying to figure out? Are we the crazy ones? Are we the crazy ones for extending a person's life such that they're suffering uh, and have very low quality of of life just because we have the medical technology to make their sort of the machinery of their body tick along for another mm-hmm. few months? However, yeah. there's also the the question with regards to the next generation, right? Which is what about uh, genetic engineering and the ability to prevent, uh, say, if you know that your child is going to uh, have a high likelihood of developing some, ha- having some developmental disorder, such as, uh, you know, in a really obvious one would be like Huntington's disease. Like if you have the Huntington's disease mm-hmm. uh, uh, genetic malfunctions then your kid's almost certainly going to get Huntington's or whatever other plethora of other like uh, genetically associated diseases uh, should we be allowing parents to um, modify uh, their 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 children's ge- genome uh, before fertilization you know to keep the to keep the uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> to keep the population. Well, I, I think you're you're bringing up questions of secondary importance with things with heritable diseases like Huntington's disease. Yeah. What I think is more important <laughs> is to look at heritable diseases like having brown hair. <laughs> that's that's the sort of thing that we need to be looking into, <laughs> so that monstrosities like me with brown hair and brown eyes <laughs> don't exist. Yeah, well, if we if we just cut to the chase, yeah, that's pretty much. <laughs> can we? Can we, we just need to make sure that they only have blue eyes. <laughs> oh, and he didn't explicitly mention skin color. Did he mention skin color? He must have mentioned skin color. Did he? Uh, no, no. Well, he because could because he, he here's keeps, my he question, keeps... Jack. Could you take somebody like myself, right, and say I have hmm. a, a brown. A brown skin, brown hair, dark eyed partner. Could we hypothetically splice in blue eyes and blonde hair into our brown skin child mm. and then have like. And a would little, that be okay? And would that be acceptable? Because he didn't actually ever say anything about fair skin. No, he doesn't. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if he said anything about fair skin. I mean, I just. I assume he does, but that's not. That that is that is not rigorous internet anthropology, is it? Or well, we need we need some references? Because he cer- he certainly makes a lot of disparaging comments about Africans. He oh, um, so uh, modern medicine is hostile because it makes us weaker and dependent on medicines. It's a daily routine to use moisture cream mm-hmm. on your skin, which weakens the skin's ability to produce its own moisture. Moisture. Mm-hmm. What next? I coloured my hair black mm-hmm. and my skin white, not to look evil. I enjoy that. Uh, blah, blah, blah. No. Oh no, he's ah. Oh, there he does. He does. Sorry, that is rigorous research. He does say we are light skinned. The majority have clear blue eyes and light hair. 
uh, to be tall gives the impression mm. of nobility. No, so he does. He does have one reference to skin, skin colour. We got to the bottom of that one. Varga does <laughs> care about skin colour. He did care about that. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if his views on race were I have unclear... Been, I have been refuted. Levi's <laughs> clarified. You, you, cannot, you cannot get around the racial purity of your child by just splicing in blue hairs, blue, blue mm. eyes and blonde hair. Uh, you do, in fact, need to have uh, light skin as well and preferably be tall and noble mm. um yes sorry i i, uh, I wasn't well, that, very that... thorough with my my research <laughs> <laughs> i want i want to know though so suppose with genetic engineering <laughs> suppose jack you, suppose. You had... <laughs> yeah well would this be okay so two dark-skinned people yes have a baby yeah. and they modify the baby to have white skin Clear blue eyes, the colour of heaven and beautiful flowers mm. and blonde hair. Is that okay? Because so he doesn't mention you know, for, any for these other particular, phenotype. For these particular gene for these particular gene loci, they'll have they'll have the good stuff, but everything else is still another race. But would that be okay or not? Yeah, like could you have like could could <laughs> Like how how many stereotypes do we go through? Could you have? Could you? In fact, could you just mix and match like your favorite character traits from each race, and then just have a kind of hybrid race mm. child that has the the parts of like the Ubermensch race, which are good, but then just has like mm. racial features across like lips, eyes, X, Y, and Z. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that is that is race mixing in the extreme, and so Varg would definitely be against it. Yeah, I guess it's fairly intentional mm. race mixing, isn't it? It's, it's going out of your way yeah, to that's mix sort of the, the race. race mixing. <laughs> it's like going into the Oblivion character creator and just like changing all the sliders. To yeah, or like getting to. on Crypto Kitties and just like swapping out, creating a new Crypto Kitty race. Varg. I think Varg would like <laughs> crypto kitties. So Varg NF man, we should make Varg NFTs. We should absolutely not make a Varg NFT. <laughs> Maybe we could turn this into an <laughs> NFT, man. <laughs> Look at him. He's a happy go lucky guy. Yeah. Except change the skin colour. So each <laughs> NFT is a slightly different shade on the Dulux colour chart. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and the way that Christianity is weakening us is, of course, by allowing weaker members of society to continue. So as so living. obviously we are the crazy ones on that point. Varg, Varg is the sane one. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. How about this quote? So Varg, Varg is not so callous as to want to kill people who are you know, say of mixed race aren't blonde-haired or blue-eyed or not super tall or something like that. He All he wants is, I quote, We shall not put to death those who are not strong, but we shall mourn in order to get them to understand that they ought to not have children with others that are weak. Yeah, so, 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 yeah. so Varg is pro-eugenics. 
let's let's yeah, very, very explicitly a eugenics. eugenics yes and he how about that breeding program he proposes yeah god i can't remember that bit well he he he's up he he proposed this breeding program to rejuvenate the racial stock of a country and um so he, he says, of course, overnight, we can't return to the good old days when you had an upper class that wasn't mixed with the lower classes. Like they, were, they were of you know, notably better genetic stock. You didn't have people with blonde hair and blue eyes race mixing with people without those traits. So what Varg proposes is how you can wash out the bad genes over a number of yeah. generations where you'll, you'll have... You'll find a man with, with all the right stats, who's tall, blonde hair, blue eyes, has the right beliefs, he's a heathen, he's not a Christian or anything like that, and he'll have multiple female partners. Yes. Some of whom are going to be blonde haired and blue eyed. So, of course, you, know, you get two Maybe really true. good people having a baby. The baby's probably going to be really good themselves. But also... He'll have children with women who might have dark hair or dark eyes. And while the baby's not going to be as good as if it were a baby of two people with all the right colours, it's going to be better than if it were a baby of two people with dark hair and dark eyes. Yes. And you just continue that, that process of having the father be like the ubermensch and the mother being... Not necessarily perfect, but improvable. Yes. Over generations. And he and he and has over a diagram. Time, things are gonna get which better. Which shows that it's science. <laughs> he, he's like, look at this diagram. Yeah. Genetic diagram. Race dilution. Um and so in that way. Yeah, he's, he's got the like family tree. Which it's weird because he's he's fairly like sexually conservative, so he's like, only have sex with people that you, you love or whatever. Um, and, you know, all the, the modern media is, like, making people want to have heaps of, like, promiscuous sex, and that's really bad. Um, mm. However, when it comes to eugenics, polygamy is good because <laughs> you can breed out the bad. The oh, bad. Yeah, he's, so yeah. That's, yeah, I yeah. guess that's his exception <laughs> to the rule of uh, uh, sexual conservatism. <laughs> For the- for the, the bug breeding program. For, for the purposes of purifying the race, we can be polygamous. <laughs> yeah, well, it's <laughs> so are we. It the was as you were saying before how it was as you were saying previously how with at the moment you'll sometimes have people accuse other people of white nationalism. On, on grounds that might not actually be that the person is a white nationalist. And yeah. you realise that that sensitivity in some might be too too much when you come across someone who is full white nationalist. It's like, I've come up with a breeding program to save the race. Yes. Yeah, it really... It's, <laughs> it's just... It's really full on. It is a... It is. It definitely shifts the Overton window for me. <laughs> it, it definitely pulls it to one direction. After reading this, everything else seems really tame. Everything, yeah, everything else seems like okay. They're they're probably not white supremacists. <laughs> well, everything else seems like well, they're not proposing a breeding program. 
<laughs> to clean up the gene pool. So, uh, I thought as a little interesting aside, uh, Varg, one interesting bit that did that that did that I did find funny. See if I can find it. Um, was that Varg is a lapper? Varg laughed. He's into laughing. Oh, he was. Does into he laughing. laugh? Yeah, I'll see if I can find the quote. <laughs> that doesn't really surprise me, I guess. <laughs> um, I guess because there was this section when he was talking about how he used to play in the forest. Yes, with that's what friends. I'm talking Do you about. Remember that bit? Yes, yes. Yeah, where they were. Um, the play turned into fighting with three sticks and clubs. We got yeah. five to six sticks in the forest, got in groups, and then separated our teams. The first group could go, for example, and be assigned to fire at some. Uh, monetary ruins while we tried to take the monastery it was dark and while four defended the ruins there could be two that attacked so the play went on creeping and striking that them down or hitting one another and then they had some rules about like you could hit hard but to, to hard enough to leave a mark but not like clobbering each other and um yeah. uh, this is the childish fun you learn to endure pain and is good exercise you learn tactics and the art of fighting if this isn't a fine lesson then i don't know what is it's also a little dangerous but it's only fun and helpful i hope i never become an adult and this is he also makes a point earlier in the essay about not being developmentally delayed yeah <laughs> no i'm I'm not saying that Varg's smile is particularly consistent. He's consistent. He's consistent in a few core areas, like Jewish people are bad, race mixing is bad, blonde head, blue eyes are really Very good. good. Yeah. But in a lot of other areas, he's fairly inconsistent. Yeah. Can you Look, imagine? He didn't get to edit it. Can you imagine the <laughs> the blessed childhood we could have had? If beating we were the left. shit out of each other in a forest with sticks with Varg yeah. <laughs> as a kid and and pure. Germanic heritage <laughs> and the pure Germanic yeah so Germanic I, I, had a, I had a question for you Jack do you think that Varg would get along with Bronze Age pervert Ooh. probably I mean probably not just because from what I read of Varg's interviews he says things like you know I don't have many friends and I, I don't really consider the need to have them. He doesn't seem very sociable. So he wouldn't be open to having a pirate friendship uh, <laughs> with Bronze no, Age Perfect. I don't, I don't think he go could. to take to the high seas to, to conquer the Caribbean. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure that he don't foresee this in the future. Would be able to enter into military a dictatorship friendship with the Bronze Age Perfect. <laughs> Also because Bronze Age Pervert did express quite a lot of admiration for certain other races, whereas Varg is pretty explicit in saying that there is one race that is just much better than all the other ones. So I I made a list of some of the conspiracy theories that he believes in. So at the time of writing, he he obviously... He he mentions explicitly at least these ones, and please add any that you... He mentions the Illuminati... Which of course are Jews, um, mm, yeah. the Freemasons, yeah. which are obviously fake Jews or like trying to be Jews, crypto Jews, yeah. crypto Jews, and Chris, I guess Christendom. I should also add before you go on, the Illuminati are ruled by ten full-blooded Jews. Yes, he yeah, made, that's super but important. he made this a 
a clear point. He really wanted you to know that. Yeah, they were full blooded. The ruling Jews. council are ten full blooded Jews. And then he, uh, Carl I, which I assumed was Carl Icahn, because that seems to be somebody that people mm. like to say is all up to all sorts of stuff. He doesn't like communists and what they're doing, and it seems as though you can. He has this line where he's like, he just smashes all of these together, where he's like, such and such is a. Uh, Jew, Freemason, Christian, Communist. <laughs> it just throws, just throws everything. Yeah, at him. yeah. <laughs> um, he believes in with the odd homophobic slur. Yeah, like plus, plus minus homophobic slur. Uh, he uses the monkey sex theory of AIDS. So back in the nineties, there was this idea that uh, like AIDS went into humans because some monkeys, uh, some humans had sex with a primate or whatever, and. And so he uses mm-hmm. that as a justification. Oh, he really doesn't like immigration as well, but we can talk about that next. I think it goes without oh, saying no, he doesn't like I immigration. If, if that, I mean, I guess we never said it explicitly, but that is heavily implied that he doesn't <laughs> like immigration from what we've discussed. But we can unpack that further. <laughs> yeah. For, for those of you who want some clarity on the issue, no, Vug doesn't like immigration. <laughs> and the other two... <laughs> if, if that were too unclear. The other, the other two uh, conspiracy theories, he vaguely illuminated, alluded to the the feminists. I, I thought feminism would come up more, but it didn't. It only came up once briefly, which he said like day nurseries, yeah, which I assume are like, of, I mean, which I think is like kindergarten, um, is a feminist concentration camp, and uh, he had this one <laughs> line of logic around like. Uh, the issue of peace in the Middle East and how basically like the Jews are trying to get Norwegians to go and fight for uh, for Israel. And he, he had this thing that was like, the mm-hmm. Jews allow Muslims into Norway, therefore, and then the Norwegians will learn to hate the Muslims. And then the Jews who are running you know, the Norwegian government will then convince Norwegians to fight the Muslims in the Middle East on behalf of the Jews. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There's a but few then of these there, there, are, there are layers below this, though. Yes. Because Islam and Christianity are Jewish-created religions yes. given to different groups of people to make those groups of people hate each other and fight each other for some unclear benefit of... <laughs> the Jewish race. It's kind of just taken <laughs> as a, as a he, given. He didn't get to the point. Yeah, he didn't get to the, the point of why they would want. Well, obviously, like, to weaken opposing and, and take over the world. Christians fighting each other. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and yeah, but yeah, I mean, we the the facts are that. That is, those, these are those are the we don't know like, what their <laughs> motives are, but yeah. we know what they're up to. Uh, but we know for a fact, yeah. <laughs> and you know, but uh, you Islam know, having said all this, were created. are we the crazy ones? <laughs> because, <laughs> because, because, you know, day nurseries, kindergartens, kind of concentration camps, right? For little kids, right? Kind of concentration, <laughs> kind of concentration camps. camps. So. Yeah, those were some of the things. Um, anyways, we should talk about. It's... Sorry, go on. With the with the communist thing though, it was interesting how he didn't really Varg doesn't thing. identify with the far right at all. No, he says he's... he identified with the far left because he was saying um, this really surprised me. The Nazis me. are a left. He was talking about yeah. 
He was talking about himself and the skinhead movements of Norway. Yeah. And said, oh, the media call us... Uh, and whenever I say media, in vague smile, it's the Jewish the Jew media. media. I'm just saying the media because I don't... Of yeah, course. It's... It, it almost always... He almost always wants to make sure you know that the entire media apparatus is, is Jewish. Um, and out to but get him. He, he's, yeah, they're out to get him. He says that they, they portray Varg and the skinheads as far right. But in fact, Varg and the skinheads are revolutionaries. Because what they're proposing is so different to how Mother Pig society currently operates. That yeah. they really are revolutionaries. Yeah. And being a revolutionary is always associated with the left. And because they are the most revolutionary, they are the furthest left. So yes. Varg, is actu- Varg identified with the far left, which I found quite totally I didn't coherent. see that one coming. That's a given. It was, <laughs> it was a surprising, a surprising, totally coherent it's a surprising. Uh, reasoning. <laughs> but, oh, yes, that is the logical consequence of, <laughs> of your, of your mm. worldview. <laughs> you got me there, Varg. When you, when you put it that way. <laughs> hmm, I hadn't considered it like that. So, <laughs> what else? Oh, he had some stupid stuff about pendulums. Yeah, that's right. Oh, the pendulum thing was so weird. Yeah, he, how, he um, has a kind of view. I suppose it's a form of, I suppose, historicism or almost like astrology. He doesn't sort of explain. So, he has this idea of pendulums and how everything swings back and forth in society and that in Norway so he says that Norway goes good and then goes bad and so the pendulum swings more rapidly for a people than than a folk Norway's Mm -hmm. number is 900 it takes 900 years for the pendulum to swing from one side's outermost point to the other side's outermost point Norway's pendulum was outermost on the other side around the year 900 after that it went downwards with Norway and 900 years later it was on the outermost point of the bad side of Norway 1814 after that it went towards the good side the outer point of the good side will now be around the year 2700 and so Varg sees himself as part of Helping the pendulum swing back to making Norway, yeah, Norway going good. in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then he just says like, oh, other 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 groups of people like have different, uh, like I, I suppose periods for their for the for, yeah. the, for their innate for the pendulum for their innate pendulum. <laughs> and and uh, yes, he had a, a very accurate prediction about Norway becoming much a much better place because uh, of this pendulum. Just imagine what Norway in the year 2700 is going to be like. Just pure, pure, just unstoppable, unstoppable, (laughs) noble elves (laughs) running through the forest. They're just going to become the high elves. (laughs) They they rename the capital like Rivendell or something. (laughs) And that's the other thing. Oh, Varg really likes Lothar, obviously, because of Norse mythology. Oh yeah, (laughs) it's a given. But in 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 uh. I think it was in Mayhem, he referred to himself as Count Grishnak. <laughs> Count Grishnak. Grishnak, yeah, in Burzum as well. In Burzum, was it? And just and for... Just Bur- for con- Burzum, Burzum just means darkness in Blackspeak. Yes. It's, just, it's pure Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So, Gr- Count, it, he has some reference to being allowed to use the, 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 um, 
the word count as in the nobility and then which just some silly story about his family um but he grishnak is the orc if you've read lord of the rings or if you've watched lord of the rings it's the it's the orc that tries to take pippin and mary away from the irakai when they're being uh sort of uh, taken across rohan to um saruman and so he's named himself after one of the orcs from <laughs> from the Lord of the Rings. His his stage name. And yes, Burzum is is black speech, and uh, and I I imagine that um, that that his tabletop RPG is very heavily informed by the low tide universe. <laughs> We'll find out when we get to play it. Yes. So we could we could take this conversation in a few different directions because there are there are quite a few facets to Varg Smile that are really worth. I feel like worth digging down on. Okay. Yeah. What do you reckon? What about into? what about sex? Because you you mentioned before that Varg was quite conservative when it comes to sex, and he he had a few sections where he yeah. talks about the the toxic effects of pornography the salutary effects of monogamy and restricting sexual partners. Yep. He's got, he had this section where he was talking about how um, he describes why we're so sexually degenerate these days, how humans need or want to do something forbidden. And when, when you restrict sex to sex with just one person, Sex retains this feeling of being forbidden. So you're you're fulfilled having sex with one person because it, it feels forbidden. But porn destroys this feeling of the forbidden. And so people continue to pursue this feeling of, of the forbidden because they innately want it. So you look for more and more and more extreme stuff, which turns people into pedophiles, encourages necrophilia, sadomasochism, sodomy, rape, homosexuality. Like, he puts these all into the one basket of this is what happens when you don't have monogamy. So are we the crazy ones? Yeah, well, I mean, when you consider the the epidemic of necrophilia in Australia... Yeah. It's got to come from somewhere. Since the rise yeah, of the it's, internet. It's a huge problem. Yes, it's a huge problem. Yeah, since the rise of the internet. And I used to be a necrophiliac until I, until I quit mm. porn. And now I'm a faithful yeah. monogamist. Mm-hmm. With a single no corpse, fat. I don't. Cure I don't, necrophilia. I don't cheat on my corpse wife anymore. Yeah, well, good on you. Yeah, I it's mean, good. well, that's what Varg would have wanted. Yeah. He um. It's hard to read some of this with a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got some strange views on 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 relationships and and women. Uh, he oh he has an interesting note. Uh, I can try and find the quote, but I, I don't know if it's necessary. He he kind of thinks that obviously homosexual men very bad. Obviously homosexual oh, women oh yeah, yeah, yeah. very very bad. But he has this weird line of thinking around bisexuals, <laughs> bi women. He likes he bi likes women. bi women. But I also think he's like forgiving of bisexual men. That 
or was I misreading that section? No, no. So his his from. So you're going to hear the truth <laughs> about human sexuality here. <laughs> the <laughs> truth. Lay down the truth. So yeah. drop some truth bonds, Jack. I'll lay down the truth. So there you get women. Women are fundamentally beautiful and refined. That that's just part of the feminine okay, nature when it's not corrupted by by mother pig. Yes. You know, there are true. You know, people might be able to bring up what Varg would regard as edge cases, but that's just because women have been corrupted to quite an extent in our society. Yes. So women, fundamentally pure, good, elegant, beautiful, etc. Men he describes as lumpy and ugly. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure he uses the word lumpy he does, he a few times. A, yeah, he doesn't ugly, like yeah. male lumpiness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he doesn't like beards. He's like, you know, we've got you know, uh, hair coming out of our face and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, that, that lumpiness, the hairiness, things like that is a sign of strength in some way. Yes. And women, women are attracted to that strength. Not, not to beauty and things like that, but to that strength. To the strength, yes. And men, yeah. And <laughs> this strength, that's, that Jack. is just so... <laughs> so, so that the... <laughs> strength. <laughs> the strength of men. <laughs> so, and to... to propagate the race and to propagate more importantly the strong race women are attracted to that masculine strength men Mm. are attracted to beauty because beauty is innately attractive and so it only definitely not circular reasoning it only makes sense (laughs) that women too will be attracted to beauty (laughs) because beauty is innately attractive yes so of course so a bisexual woman makes sense that's something very natural because women can be attracted to women because of the natural attraction of beauty and they're attracted to men because of the attraction to strength men aren't attracted to that strength one because they need to compete with it they need to be the strongest and two that's that doesn't propagate the race so a man being attracted to a man is unnatural that doesn't work in in vargland and of course, you know, and heterosexual heterosexual relationship between a man and a woman is is fine. That's men are also attracted to beauty. So that's why bisexual women are okay, and lesbian women are not acceptable because they have been corrupted. They have forgotten the their attraction to the male strength, but they've retained their attraction to the female beauty. Hmm. Well, it's twofold actually. Why lesbians are lesbians. <laughs> so so what you said before is totally correct but additionally there there's that so men have become very feminized under mother pig under the the domination of Jewish Christianity. As, as Bab Men might say, the Weaker and weaker, yeah. Under the gynocracy, yeah. We draw some, <laughs> some parallels between Bronze Age mindset and Vargas. It's mindset. all the union of and knowledge, Jack. Women, <laughs> yeah. There, there, there's, there's an essential truth and we're grasping at it with things like Bronze Age mindset or Varg smile. And... Women have this innate drive to continue the, the race. 
and to protect the family. And that that is used against us by our overlords, by Mother Pig. So women see the feminization of men and to defend the race, they become more masculine. They try to compensate, but they overshoot and become lesbians. So I, <laughs> that does that make sense to you? <laughs> yes, it makes sense. Uh, it's it's uh, perfectly sound logic uh, that mm-hmm. is borne out by empirical evidence, and I am convinced. Yeah. So well, I was going to say, are we the crazy ones? But given that we now agree, we're we're the same ones. Yes. We and in fact, I think I should put this on like my dating profiles. Or whatever. <laughs> Scholar of hard smile. Put a, put a, you put you put like, put put an excerpt from 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 Mark on like your your dating profiles. Progressive, woke, twenty first twenty first century yeah. male. I just got. I, I just found a bit in my notes about um, when he talks about burning down churches. Not that he burned them down, but that someone burned them down, and they were a good sort. <laughs> it's this this section called the Festival of Death, and it's it's about it's about desecrating graves, about burning down churches, oh, yeah, and things that was like an that. Inter- that. And he, he's talking about how <laughs> yeah, about he doesn't do it, but he has friends who desecrate graves. Yeah. And how Varg regards it as a pointless activity. But he understands the reasoning behind why people yeah. would desecrate a grave. Because it's to disrespect a society and take revenge against a society which sold out its heathenness to Christianity. It's disrespecting your forebears who are too weak to defend their own culture yeah. and their own race. Yeah. And... In a, in a sense, that's also why church burnings take place. Church burnings take place as an act of revenge because the church, so churches are a symbol of Christianity. So destroying that symbol is, is a statement. But also a lot of these churches are built on sacred sites for heathens. So they're built yes. in the center of perfect circles. Yes. And... It's an insult to one's ancestors, you know, the proud ancestors before the ones who became Christians to burn down the church. And I've got a quote here. For each churchyard that is totally destroyed is a heathen grave avenged. For every 10 churches that lie in ashes is a heathen avenged. For every 10 priests or Freemasons that dissolve is a heathen avenged. So we've actually got a math... A mathematics here. We could probably work out yeah. how many churches you need to burn down to avenge and the loss of, of of Nordic religion and heathen culture. Yeah, I wonder if you... I feel like there's more... Just because there's an asymmetry of the number of churches, how many... Mm. Like, one church is, what, worth 10 heathens, right? So... And there's not that many. Well, yeah, ten. Well, no. One one church is worth a tenth of a heathen. 
Right. So you'd have to burn down a lot. For every 10 churches that lie in ashes is a heathen event. So oh, right. So a actually church is worth 10% of a heathen. Heathens. So let's just say for the sake of argument, uh, a million heathens died, right? Mm-hmm. It's probably more than that. But say a million heathens died over the last couple of mm-hmm. thousand years, then you'd have to burn down 10 million churches. <laughs> 10 million churches? <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do you have to, if you burn them all down, let's say there's 5 million churches, do you have to burn them all down and rebuild them and then burn them down again just, just for, 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 for the accounting? <laughs> well, no, you, you, can also, you can also dissolve priests or Freemasons. I'll exchange you one acid and again, vat of a priest for three church burnings. How about that? Can, is there, are there exchange well, no, ratios? One... It will, well, there, there are, yeah, exactly, they're exactly <laughs> exchange ratios. Because it also says for every 10 priests or Freemasons that dissolve is a heathen avenged. So a church and a priest or a church and a Freemason are worth the same number of heathens. They're each worth 0.1 heathen. Is, this can be like, uh, like, what was it for purgatory? Like you'd, you'd pay the Catholic Church, like t- mm. not tithings, um, like you, you could pay to reduce your amount of time in purgatory. Yeah, I wonder if you can sort of like, uh, if I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill some heathens, but I'll, I'll swap you down the line. Mm. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll dissolve a couple of priests <laughs> in, in some acid. <laughs> swap. Like, we'll work it out. Like, yeah, we'll bounce a couple. <laughs> in the clash of cultures here. <laughs> but I do admire Varg's practicality that he, he did provide us with. Some, some sort of economy. Uh, yes, of <laughs> an economy. Of, this, this exchange rate of heathens to churches or heathens to Freemasons. Of, uh, yes, yeah, it's... Um, apparently you can put a price on life. <laughs> the price of one heathen is a church. Ten heathens is a church. <laughs> um, okay, what else is interesting? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I think unless there's... Okay, I think we should... It talk explicitly about his anti-Semitism. However, I think that should be maybe the last one that we do. Are there any other topics? That's pretty wanna... much the entire book. Okay, so do you want to jump into anti-Semitism and just pull out some of our favourite quotes from Varg? On... <laughs> so, yeah, let's, let's do so anti-Semitism. If it's, so, if it's if not it, clear by if... now that Varg does not have particularly progressive views on the Jewish people, then we thought we would just clarify <laughs> for, for you. <laughs> and to start us off, so we're going to go through some of our, uh, some of the highlights of Varg's point of view. And we will start it off with a banger. And I quote, mm. when Pink Floyd sings just another brick in the wall, they <laughs> forgot a word. <laughs> they ought to have sung just another brick in the Jewish wall. The wall is Solomon's temple, the same Freemasons build to slave for Jew for the Jews to be a quote-unquote artificial Jew in the Jews' satanic temple. Yeah. And then he starts talking about how it's a temple built from the bones of our children. Yes, of, of, uh, of the Norse, the Nordic people. Children. Yeah. So, uh, man, he's he's got a lot. So he, <laughs> his anti-Semitism is, is like, it's like it's it is. Full, full okay, on. if there's okay, he's got some. Okay, he's got some views on things. If there's one thing he has views on, it is the Jews. He does not like. Yeah, 
he does not like them. And again, it's not like they... I would say his his foundational feeling of not liking Jewish people is consistent. But there are inconsistencies. Yeah, he, he's so unwavering he's got a long... on, this, on this point. <laughs> this, is, this is a... He, he does not compromise when it comes to anti-Semitism. He's... He's, he's all in. He's he is leading the the. Uh, well, he's of all the of all the books that we've read, <laughs> he's easily the winner so far he's for anti-Semitism. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's blown the competition away <laughs> in the anti-Semitism Hall of Fame. I can he's... only think of one book off the top of my head that might be a. Comp- <laughs> <laughs> and I think we all know what that book is. <laughs> yeah. The New Testament. The Antisemitic book. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I kid, I kid. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, he um so his his anti-Semitism is it's it's pervasive. It is every single chapter in this book is full of references to why basically whenever anything is bad, it's because the Jews did it. Yes. Um, but there are also, there are also sections where he, he'll hit on the, the big ticket items of anti-Semitism. So he's got a chapter on why the Holocaust didn't happen. Oh yeah, that's a banger, man. Yeah. That's about halfway through the book. And by that point, I was, I was waiting for the Holocaust denial to come up. Because I found that he kind of of peppered it in at the beginning and then it just like ramps up. Like the second half that of the book, like, just oh. straight into it. <laughs> yeah, he he really slaps you over the head with with it. And he he why the Holocaust didn't happen is because he says straight up like all oh, the Germans just didn't do it, so so it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, but he also I'll just find, metal, he metal section in my notes. So I don't. Are you going to read the quote from the maths of it? I, d- I didn't bother writing down the maths. Okay, so long like, story oh, short, he's kind of like he's kind of like, look, maybe maybe they killed some Jews, maybe they killed some Jews. But if you just think about like how how many people can you fit in the gas chamber, and then like if you multiply mm-hmm. that by the amount of time and the number of gas chambers, like maybe it was mm-hmm. like half a million Jews. <laughs> and he's just like, mm-hmm. so it wasn't six million. Like at most, it was like half a million. No, like, he didn't say. He said it was way less. I thought he said it was like five hundred thousand, maybe. No, five hundred thousand. Whatever reason, but I thought he was then saying that's the upper limit. Yeah, that's so that's what he said is the upper limit done, but there weren't there weren't any gas chambers because then you would have to account for all the Jews that didn't die in the gas chambers but died from other. You know, it's like COVID, Jack. Like, yeah, the net increase in mortality during the pandemic has not just been because of COVID. There were also people who are dying from other things. Like, oh, well, I didn't go to the hospital because for my heart attack because I was afraid of COVID. Mm. Well, is that going to be attributed as a COVID death? And so he's like, well, maybe there were people who were Jewish who just, like, died in the war or just, like, had a heart attack. And so the real mm. number is much lower than 555,000. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've, I've found his list of reasons as to why the Holocaust didn't happen. So one is the winner writes history and... And Clearly, the winners of the Second World War were the Jews through the Axis. Like he, 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 yeah, he he makes that very clear. Jewish people won the Second World War, and yeah. so they've written history to make us 
feel bad for them and, and who, give them who lost the Second World War? More power. The Germanic people, right? Yeah. He then says there are many Jews in Europe today. You know, where did they come from? Yeah. He says there are many Jews in the USA with Polish or German surnames, and if they were all killed, then where did they come from? How do you explain this? And then yeah, How do you he's, explain he's this? got that logistics. He's then got the logistics thing that you were talking about, how he calculates the upper limit to if there were gas chambers, which there weren't, how many could they have killed? Yeah. So he steps uh, you through the physics of it. Like he, he does a rigorous calculation of, of the I've upper got, limit got... of... And he, says, he even has this nice quote where he says, even, <laughs> even given German efficiency, they couldn't have achieved this. I was like, they couldn't have done it. <laughs> He's like taking into here. account German efficiency with genocide. It's like, what? <laughs> Sorry, go mm. on. This quote, yeah, this quote, so it sums up a lot of his arguments against the Holocaust and gives you a taste for vague anti-Semitism at the same time. What did the Jews actually do during the war, aside from being gassed? If six million Jews died and all were gassed, what actually did those who weren't? They sat at home and talked money while their brothers were gassed? I can believe that six million Jews died during the war, but I also think that consists of all who died of old age, sickness, hunger, work accidents, other accidents in the war as soldiers who fought against the Third Reich, of suicide and other things. It's this, it's this weird thing of, he'll say, uh, only 100,000 Jewish people died in, in the 1940s Europe. But six million also died, and they weren't gassed, but maybe they were gassed. He he doesn't provide a single point of view on this, apart from that Jewish people are bad. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. I... He, also, like, he also will say repeatedly that Jews were never gassed, but then in a later section, he says, gas the Jews. Explicitly, like, he like he ends a chapter. He with, ends a chapter with, with that, that exclamation mark. <laughs> yes, so yeah, like that, that's a quote. So, uh, was there any other good ones? Uh, I mean, look, define good in this context. <laughs> um, there's a lot. <laughs> I mean, he examples. there there's. I mean, if you wanted to just say, well, what's a good example of just an extremely anti-Semitic? text you you couldn't do much better than vague smile yeah this is this, this is, is extreme some like grade a anti-semitism this is some weapons grade anti-semitism <laughs> it's really full on. i'm really glad i don't have to read it anymore so Look, it, <laughs> you don't know. This might be showing my naivety, but I just think it would be really hard to fake something like the Holocaust. Maybe I'm not being imaginative enough, but that'd be really hard to fake. They're pretty cunning, though. 
They're... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, look, they created Christianity. <laughs> they, they created they Islam. Islam. <laughs> they created Islam and Christianity. No, they seem to control literally everything. <laughs> they do control except everything except Varg. Because Varg is Varg is not Varg is not to be controlled. <laughs> so if you int- if you consider the Venn the Venn diagram of Things controlled by Jewish people and everything in existence. There is perfect overlap except for this tiny sliver, which is Varg Vikanes. And Burton. A pillar of freedom. (laughs) And free speech. And this... This was pretty hard work to read. Yeah, it... It was, um... I can't say I felt very good reading it. I can't say I've felt particularly good about reading any of the source material that we've chosen for this I felt, podcast. I felt worse about this one. <laughs> yeah, there was something about this, especially compared to Juan Posadas, where I just felt, like, gross at the end of it. Like, Juan grosser Posadas than just my on a normal planet. mixed race self feels. Why? <laughs> at the rest of the time, like, it's an elevated grossness. I mean, Posadas, Posadas is just cuckooing on another planet. Varg is... There's a real viciousness to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably yeah, one of the most disturbing it. sections, actually, was him describing killing Euronymous. Yeah. That was legit... To, like, that, that was legitimately disturbing, because... It's say... I mean, say Should with the Unabomber. Yeah, let's, let's go over that bit, because that, that was one of the bits that made me quite uncomfortable. And I'm... I mean, really? from Poe's Law, I'm... I'm reasonably desensitized to extremism, but given that you know, we, we're reading this sort of stuff continuously, but okay, yeah, so... the the Euronymous part was pretty disturbing. Yeah, so it's in the chapter called "Life and Death Fight." He so he never names Euronymous. He always calls him a communist or a Jew or some sort of homophobic slur. Yeah. Something yes. like that. Yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. When when he was talking about the reasons why he killed him, he did say that a friend of Varg's found a dildo covered in shit in Euronymous's room and then said, you know, if that's not a reason to kill someone, then what is? Like Yeah, the the fairly part reasonable of Euronymous is, point of view. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so Varg presents his side of the story yeah. about the killing of Euronymous. So he's always maintained that it was in self-defense. He says that yeah. he heard rumors that Euronymous was planning to kill Varg or was planning to incapacitate Varg with a taser, tie him up and torture him to death while filming it. Mm. And Varg took these threats seriously, or at least Varg says that he took them seriously. And then he, so he went to visit Euronymous at Euronymous's house or in, in, in his apartment. And in, in Varg's trial, there was, there was put forward a theory that Euronymous owed Varg quite a bit of money in royalties from things that they'd recorded together with Mayhem. Varg denies this. He says this is a Jewish conspiracy to try to make it seem like Varg just cares about money. But, you know, Varg is not like Jewish people. He cares about things like honour, not money. So he he says that he arrived at Euronymous' apartment 
and Euronymous panicked and ran to the kitchen to get a knife to attack Varg with. And Varg said, luckily, he had a knife in his boot. Uh, just that because just, that's... Just, I mean, if you're, if you're metal, of course, you've got to walk yeah, around with if a, a knife. if you're black a, metal, if you're true cult... With a, a, a knife in your boot. I mean... Yeah. I kind of wouldn't be surprised if so, like other black metal artists actually do have that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they most they mostly have like leather wristbands with spikes on them. I guess you could hit someone with one of those. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> fucking metal. <laughs> anyway, so so Euronymous ran to the kitchen and got a knife and then then ran to his bedroom to try to get a stun gun. And Varg then so Varg says that uh, in the trial, they said the coroner's report says that Euronymous died from stab wounds to the chest. But I was there. I know that he stopped living when I stabbed him in the head. Yes. So v- Varg talks quite proudly about how he stabbed this guy in the head and in the neck. And according to the uh, coroner's report, he was stabbed in the back like 16 times or something. Varg says that that wasn't the case. That's because he fell backwards onto broken glass. Yes. Because getting stabbed in the back... Resembles broken <laughs> numerous glass. Numerous times. Doesn't, doesn't really scream self-defense, does it? <laughs> yeah, and he, he, he makes it quite clear that he is... Uh, like, he stands by what he did. Because he, he, he's like... What yeah, do you he's want? proud like, of what, like I'm a man, and mm-hmm. this is you know, I found out that this guy wanted to kill me, so I killed him naturally. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, yeah, so he's proud of it. Or he was proud of it at the time, and claimed self defense. Yeah, well, he's got this. He's got this section later where he's talking about how there are two responses to fear, and one is not better than the other. They, it's just each has their place. And one way of responding to fear is to run away. There's, you need to have some discretion. If you just, yeah, if you just cannot win a fight, you've got to run. And then sometimes you've got to respond with anger. And in the section where he was discussing it, he brought up the, this episode with Euronymous as a time when you should respond with anger. And again, quite self-congratulatory. It's like, yeah, I, Killed someone when I was 21 or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know what to say about yeah, that section. The, it's just... He, he described it was killing somebody. With, with say... <laughs> we, read, we read the Unabomber Manifesto, and that, that guy clearly killed people as well, but... He doesn't talk about he it. Though, he regarded he? it as... Well, he doesn't... He sort of doesn't, like, um, from a distance. He right? did it yeah. from a distance, yeah, yeah. and he regarded it... I mean, it's, it's disturbing in... Its own way, he was like, it, he well, it was ideological. Seemed to regard it as a PR campaign, yeah, a way to get get attention for what for what he well, was, it was talking a successful about. PR Whereas Varg, yeah. Whereas with Varg, he's like, well, I killed someone, yeah, did it with, yeah, did it with my own hands. Yeah, I was there. It this was in self defense, but you know, it was yeah, courageous, an expression of my strength. Yeah, I, I found this section of the book quite unsettling. Yeah. Varg, I don't know what he's like now. 
I mean, this was literally like thirty, like thirty years ago. It's the same. Yeah, mm-hmm. but this was like thirty years ago, right? So, yeah, well, his, his trial he served, was in ninety three, I think. Yeah, and he he served the majority of his original sentence. So, mm-hmm. one can only think that you know everybody grows and changes and stuff. Uh, hopefully, uh, but at least at the time of writing. This was not a pleasant young man to be around. <laughs> no, no. No, he, he wasn't, wasn't, he wasn't good dinner combo. He's not the sort of boy that you bring home to your parents. <laughs> <laughs> My new boyfriend, who is he? Varg. Also known as uh, Count Grishnak. Grishnak. <laughs> you may refer to me as Count Grishnak or Varg. <laughs> wow. yeah. uh, where do you want to go? We can talk about. He, do you notice he's got this? He's got a particular thing about protecting Nordic women. Uh, How he'll be discussing remember. something. Well, it just comes uh, up. He'll be discussing. It was in a few sections. He'll be he'll be discussing something like, tangentially related, and then just suddenly bring up foreigners are raping Norwegian oh, women. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, we can talk. Why like, don't we talk about a, immigration? A, 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 yeah, yeah. Let's. And then Let's that can be there. an example from immigration. So, uh, no. Let, how about I open all this with a quote, which will it, it'll set the set the mood. So it's from a, a section of the book called "The Real Racists." I don't tolerate foreigners who come here and destroy our people with narcotics, venereal disease, race mixing, rape of our women. If we can spare a Norwegian woman from being raped by exile or certain death or taking the life of 10,000 foreigners, then yes, I believe we shall do it. Yes, absolutely. So... He wants strong borders. (laughs) I'd say he wants pretty strong borders. Extremely, extremely strong borders. Extremely strong borders. (laughs) And he does not like immigration very much. You know, arguably, he'd probably have a pretty good shot of running for office in Czech these days. Am I right, Jack? Am I right? Mm. <laughs> I kid, I kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, o- o- over here, the most the most successful anti foreigner politician is half Japanese. <laughs> Czech-, Czech politics is topsy turvy world where nothing nothing really makes sense. I guess in a weird way, is she she or he 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 brought Tommy the um, yeah. I mean, Japan is not very pro-immigration either, so I guess it kind of, in a weird <laughs> no. way, makes sense. <laughs> um, but anyways, back to Varg. <laughs> yeah, so Varg... <laughs> Varg is... Not to, not to throw in a Czech politician in the same conversation with Varg. <laughs> um, Varg doesn't like immigrants, which I, I suppose you could have deduced I mean, from, yeah, what, yeah, from, from the rest of his views. <laughs> It doesn't like race mixing. Uh, Obviously, the Nordic people are superior races. Jews are bad. Like, (laughs) oh, Varg is also, you know, progressive with immigration. No. So, I'm not a big fan of immigrants. Um, 
No. How he, far can we even unpack like, that? Like that quote kind of just sums it up. Quite well. We can talk about we can talk about all the ways that he doesn't like it and why he doesn't. Because he it, <laughs> it it's, it's just like blanket immigration. No. So say with say refugees, he. In a sense, it, it makes sense that he doesn't like refugees because he fundamentally rejects the Christian idea of yeah. taking care of weaker members of society. He says no. Like, if, if they're weak, if they're, they're weak, yeah. Natural selection. Yeah, and he well. also says they're fleeing their country. So they're fleeing from war. Yeah. Well, they, they weren't willing to stay and fight. So yeah. what makes you think that they'd be willing to stay and fight for Norway if something ever happened for Norway? He sees them as a, as a weakness. So he says, uh, we allow... The, uh, sorry, what did he say? Uh, a land is dependent that the people don't flee when there are problems. If they, the refugees, flee, then what? We allow the refugees. We are so naive that we think that since we treat them so good, they will certainly help us if we have problems. This is nonsense. If there is trouble, they will be the first to run. They won't sacrifice a calorie for the Norwegian people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's oh, obviously there they lead Norway to race Norwegians, and what's more important is Norwegians to Norway. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and leads to race mixing. Then obviously. there's the yeah the race mixing problem. Yeah, they're all criminals. All criminals. They sell drugs. They carry venereal diseases. Oh, yeah, he he accuses. He says, yeah. <laughs> HIV and syphilis are well, obviously foreigners. foreigners, yeah. And how he says the reason HIV arose is because in Africa they have sex with animals, which in their culture is very normal. Yep. But, yeah. <laughs> but is it? <laughs> <laughs> Did you fact check that one, Varg? Did you, Did you ask anyone? <laughs> I feel like... He, I, I mean, I don't want to make assumptions about the guy. <laughs> You're going to. But I feel like... <laughs> he certainly leaves himself open to it. <laughs> he just mustn't have had many friends from, like, other, other, other backgrounds when he was growing up. <laughs> I do, and I don't think that was accidental. I would say he, he was actively avoiding friendships with people from other races. Yeah. Anyway, with, with, with race mixing, of course he wants to maintain a proud and strong race, but he also has safety concerns for women mm. and the children. I mean, race mixing can be dangerous. <laughs> in, in a chapter called The Clean Blood, Humanity's Last Chance, you know, the, oh, the title might yeah. twig you on to the content. Mm. <laughs> he talks about how a woman's pelvis is shaped to accommodate oh, this part. that oh race's head... Head form, yeah, <laughs> and if <laughs> the fucking dumbest if, shit ever. if races are mixed, then there's a fifty percent chance that the baby will have the mother's head. In which case, it'll be okay because you know it would be the same um, races head form as the mother's pelvis, but also a fifty percent chance that it'll have the father's head. And if the father is of a different race, then birth can be really dangerous. So he says. So During it's out of a sense of caring when, for, the, for, the, for the children. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not sure that Varg would... Hmm. Because he, he rejects... 
Christian caring for everyone, but I suppose if it's if it's within the context of caring of those for those of his race, then yes, he 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 cares a lot. So, listeners, don't don't misunderstand when I say he cares. He cares about ch- children of his race. Yes, I don't want to misrepresent Vag. No, no. So. When the child is of the same race as the mother, when it has the same racial head shape as the mother's pelvis is designed to accommodate, there's a 5% chance of concussion at birth. And the result can be... Um, can be the child becoming an imbecile. Yeah. Like, that, that, that's a bad outcome. And on top of being mixed um, race. On top of being, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. So it's sort of mif- Mifarog stat debuffs on top of stat debuffs. <laughs> but if you're if you're mixed race, if your head form does not match your mother's pelvis, it's a twenty percent chance of head injury, mm. and these can be bad head injuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minus three to constitution. Yeah, minus three to constitution. <laughs> minus five int. He um. So like it, this is so he he's approaching it from a public health perspective. And he's, you know he is it is it is just a matter of of morphology, here, Jack. <laughs> this is this is science. <laughs> this is science. I love that he he boils <laughs> down he boils down like the head shape of the fetus to just like a single gene. There's just a fifty percent chance. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this is this is obviously uh, a single allele issue. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, of of course he's got. A, I've got a quote here about um, why we shouldn't have foreigners because they they spread venereal disease. The reason we have AIDS in Norway is because people had sex with people of the other races, either immigrants or Norwegians who dirtied themselves with foreigners. So there you have it. There, are, I mean, just reasons upon reasons why you should have zero migration, in Norway. I feel like we have very thoroughly explored um this concept are we the crazy ones look i'm not going to go and advocate for something which has a 20 percent chance of injuring a newborn yes i mean as I a mean, mixed race that, that person, would just be irresponsible as a mixed race person who had cranial damage from my mother's pelvis on the way out i I can tell you from first-hand lived experience the damage that this can cause. Mm. Yeah, well, it's right there on your, on your character sheet. Yeah. You've got, <laughs> you've got your stat debuffs. Yeah, exactly. So he makes, he makes some really strong points. Mm. I would have said, you know, I, I was the crazy one, but now I'm not. Now that, now that I've... And now I've been I shown the light. clearly know how to vote in the next election. <laughs> the, the Varg Party. <laughs> start the Varg Party, the Australian Le- Varg Party. Levi starts the Varg, the Varg Party. party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It, I, think, I think we've explored all the concepts. I don't... Well, so... A mixed race person might be spiritually confused, which is another reason, you know, both why you don't want foreigners in a country and why you don't want race mixing. Yes, because he's he's got this bit about 
different well, which, religions. Which and religion how... do you follow if you're mixed race? Exactly. Because religions are... So, so long as a religion is not a Jewish-created religion, like Christianity or Islam, yes, then it, it has its roots in, in your ancestry. Yes. So, for ex- example, Varg following Odin makes racial sense. And he's not going to be confused by that because it's in, in alignment with his nature. What's well, innate? It's part of who he is as a person, mate. <laughs> yeah, perfectly and natural. he talks about how, <laughs> how he, he really respects Celtic religion, but he, he would not himself dig too deeply yes. into it out of yes. respect for Celts. Yes. And also because racially it, it's not in alignment with him here. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a big heart, though. He said he's, he's, <laughs> he's got plenty of space in it, so long as you're a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Norwegian. He, he, there's a quote here. A universal religion or a universal life philosophy is an impossibility. Misanthropical and Jewish thought. In brackets, for that matter, Jewish is synonymous with, with misanthropy. So he's making it clear that the idea of universalizing religions is just completely incorrect. Because yes. you know, race isn't universal. And a, a religion must be aligned with race. Well, there you go. There you go. Sound logic. Just reasons, reasons upon reasons. Just why you shouldn't have race mixing. Why you shouldn't have foreigners. Pure logic. Just pure <laughs> facts and logic. <laughs> How do you like them facts, Jack? Re- he doesn't even need any reference, work. academic references. It's just pure, <laughs> pure logic bombs. Pure logic bombs. He just he connected with his primal spirit in prison, <laughs> and he's brought back the fruits of his labor. Didn't, didn't even need to to edit it. <laughs> no. Oh, I flicked. So this is on a different topic, but I just came across this when I was flicking through my notes on drug misuse. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually a good one. So yeah, this is <laughs> this is kind of wacky, and it's a nice break from anti-Semitism. Oh. Uh, oh, I mean, sort sort of. It's it's in there, but it's not as upfront. Like, there's 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 a background of anti-Semitism. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> it's it's inescapable. But so he's talking about drug use, and drugs serve several roles in our society, and all those roles serve mother pigs' purposes. I mean, they exist to keep us weak. And dependent upon mother pig, but mm. one one problem he has with drugs is that they confer upon someone a status that they wouldn't have without the drug, mm. and you, th- this is almost stealing that status. You don't deserve it. So, say coffee makes you seem like an adult, and Coke, Coca Cola, or smoking make you cool. And that's a coolness that you don't necessarily deserve. You. If you weren't huffing darts and drinking a Coke, you might not actually be as cool as you seem. Yes. And yes. in Varg's mind, that's, it's almost theft. Yes. Punching yeah. billies. You, you're cool, you, you think you're cooler <laughs> than you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> he's got this thing on drug prices, why drugs are expensive. Oh, this doesn't make any sense but, at all. <laughs> the reason... 
That's because you're not an economist. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you think you do, but... <laughs> so... Varg's here to educate you, Levi. As Please, enlighten why, me. <laughs> why drug prices are high. Yes, so correct the reason my, why... Correct my view. Yeah. So you... You plebs might think that scarcity and being illegal have made illicit drugs pricey. But the reason they're actually expensive is, one, high drug prices lead to drug crime, and Mother Pig likes that. Mother Pig likes us tearing ourselves apart and keeping ourselves weak. So that's one reason why these things are expensive. I'm keeping up. Yes. Two. Mother Pig. Two, yeah? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Keeping your mind open. Two. You need to keep the prices high to stop drug users from killing themselves. You know that experiment where they gave rats the choice between food and cocaine? Yeah, the coke rats. Yeah, and they just did coke until they died. Well, the environmentally environmentally deprived (laughs) mice were essentially (laughs) (laughs) self-medicated on coke. (laughs) But yes. (laughs) We should cover some, like, medical experiments on this show, by the way. (laughs) Anyways, come on. Like we subject ourselves to the cocaine rat experiment. <laughs> Sorry, God. Film it. So, I mean, this experiment has a one-to-one relationship with you know, yes. how a human would exist yes. in society. <laughs> yeah, so it's perfectly applicable. Yeah, yeah. So, if drug prices weren't high, then drug users would buy as many drugs as their economic means would allow. Obviously. Like they always seek to maximise the number of drugs in their possession. Yeah, drugs are not subject to the law of marginal utility. It's just, you'll just take as much as you can. <laughs> so, Mother Pig keeps the price high. One, to keep us killing each other. Two, to stop us killing ourselves from just doing so many drugs that we die. So, how does that sound? Yeah, you... Your your mistaken notions of supply and demand being reevaluated. Yes, I can see the errors in my way. I think Varg should start the Norwegian school of economics to compete with the Austrian school. <laughs> the, a, a superior, the NSE, the the NSE Norwegian school of economics. Yes, uh, because clearly his his logic is sound, pure. Pure logic, pure uh, economic reasoning. Yeah. The, the case study of drug use in Norway. <laughs> what should we go on to next? What should we go on to next? We've done... So we've done race hygiene. We've done why the Holocaust didn't happen. We've done drugs. We've done foreigners. He's got this little bit about peacetime that... Ties in somewhat to what Bronze Age pervert was talking (laughs) about, how during peaceful times, people degenerate. And he says, so this is a quote, to live Mm. in battle is to live. To live in peace is to degenerate. Mm. And he's got this whole section about how he really wishes he could take part in a war, kill people and be killed on the battlefield. And if... If he is so unfortunate as to live to old age and it looks like he's going to die of natural causes, he's going to commit suicide. Just as, as Odin hanged himself, so too will Varg. Because that's, 
not as honourable as being killed by another human being in combat, but yeah. it's it's still pretty good. It's 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 not not a bad option. Yeah, it's not dying of natural causes like a pussy. Mm-hmm. No, no. Cause um I mean living this degenerated, peaceful life, it does a few things. He says that war gives you meaning. And without war, I mean, what you, you don't have any meaning. Yeah. So he says, I suppose that is weirdly you become in line, spiritually maybe with some deformed. like Norse or like yeah, maybe I don't I don't know anything about like you know Norse culture or whatever. Like, <laughs> but at least according to the, that show Vikings, like they seem <laughs> they seem to like battle quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, at if least that's according an authoritative to Thor in the Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, that's probably not an authoritative source on like Norse culture. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but you you only develop true friendships between brothers in arms, which ties back to Bronze Age mindset, actually. Yeah, I see. And when you know that's stripped away, so Mother Pig becomes your best friend. Yes. Instead of you know, fellow soldiers, the lack of war also gives you. The drive for an exaggerated sex life with many partners. Mm. And that, that is spiritually deforming as well. It's not monogamous, which is, apart from the Varg breeding program, the way to maintain your sex life. Yes. Which is true. Look, which is true. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but... In peacetime, there are ways that you can maintain yourself. It's not as good as if you were off shooting people or stabbing people or whatever, but... Well, you can burn down churches and desecrate graves. You, you can burn down churches. <laughs> but he also proposes a, a, a regime to try to maintain yourself in addition to burning down churches and things like that. And he says that you have to live like a true Northman to become a true Northman. You have to train your body and mind. So he proposes no coffee and eating healthy food, daily stretching, just 20 minutes will suffice. Yep. Daily strength training, to run a few times each week in the forest, yep. and to read books before sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that is fairly unobjectionable advice. Yeah. It's just you consider the context within which it lies. <laughs> Why are you maintaining yourself? Will you maintain yourself for, for the war. racial uprising that's for the on the horizon? Uprising. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as a true Northman. So even even at his most unobjectionable, not far away lurks some sort of racially <laughs> well, motivated it's violence. The reason is the reason why he's proposing a healthy, clean lifestyle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's just like. No, it's not just to take care of yourself. It's it's to, it's to keep yourself fresh. Do you remember the section the called? There's there's this section that I just saw in my notes where um where, where he's talking about. Oh, I mean, again, he's talking about how to create the best children from the best genetic breeding stock, but it had a slight twist on it this time. How? So he he. He believes that how someone looks is a pretty good indication of what they're like as a person. So the more beautiful is someone is, the true. more, yeah, the greater their internal worth too. The wisdom and he of takes this issue man. with the idea that that pretty women are often stupid, and 
uglier women are often smarter. He 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 bra- he boldly takes down this stereotype. So he he opens with saying, "Men are scared of smart women. Men must the whole time have the feeling of being the superior at all times." I don't know. I, I I know quite a few people actually that that would apply to. That's yeah. In the context of Varg, that's not actually that outrageous. Yes. So. Bearing this in mind, the reason why some people might be under the misapprehension that very pretty women are dumb is because the very smartest women know how to play dumb to get the best men. So the very best men are the manliest, which means they need to be in control and they will be the most threatened by smart women. So the smartest women, who are also the prettiest, they know this, so they play dumb to get the best men, yep. to have the best children. Yes. You're, yes. You're seeing this. And then inversely, yeah. the ugly women are mm. unable to get the best men, and so they mm. create ugly, stupid children. Yes. And that brings, that, that brings me around to this quote. <laughs> Remember that the prettiest women are children of the prettiest mothers, who again got the best men. The ugly women are children of ugly mothers and fathers who didn't have anything better than an ugly wife, and therefore can they not possibly have been manly in the beginning? The Varg's word order can be a bit a bit funny in translation. Um They they have it the most beautiful people are the smartest ones. Children of the most beautiful and smart people. Yes. This is why we need the Varg breeding program to just accentuate this, to make to enhance people society. even better. Yes. Yeah, to enhance society. Okay, so here's like, I mean, not surprisingly, uh, Varg is pro-family honour killings, and he, again, <laughs> I, I suppose I shouldn't have to unpack it. <laughs> <laughs> unpack it too much but he's also not a fan of the law so he he naturally thinks that if say somebody kills your family member or you know like a man rapes um an adult uh then uh it's the family's right and it's the honorable thing to do to kill that person or to uh or to, in return or to uh, castrate the rapist, or in the mm. case of uh, a, a, a man raping a child, to actually kill the, the man who, who committed that crime. And he's like, it's it's bad that the <laughs> that the Jewish just, justice system uh, gets in the way of families being able to um, take the action that they see fit. Um, and let me mm-hmm. see if I and so. It's pretty. It's pretty. He's pretty blunt about it, uh, as he's he's wont to do. I think it's the people's right to take the law into their own hands. Exclamation mark. If someone breaks into the garage of a mm-hmm. farmer with sons that want to punish the criminal themselves by giving him a beating, pouring tar on him, dipping him in feathers, and tying him to the hood of a car and driving through the city, <laughs> I see nothing crazy about it. <laughs> Tarring and feathering someone, and tarring breaking feather. into your house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, he's he's very very pro vigilantism. Yeah, strongly in favour of mob justice. And so he has an so entire long as section. So the mob where... are all blonde haired and blue eyed. Yes, of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, so I mean that's a given. Um, oh, and he, and he has a nice, he has this uh, a nice bit where he says uh, sympathy and mercy towards the assaulter, so the person who committed a sign, is a Jewish Christian weak spiritual defect. The same is considered of forgiveness. Yep. So he's yeah. anti forgiveness, anti mercy, anti sympathy, and vigilante justice is uh, honourable and reasonable. And that's, uh, I mean, that's all pretty consistent with his rejection of Christianity. Yeah. I mean, you, you, from, from first vaguest principles, you probably could have worked that out. Yes. He, he gives you the building blocks to reach those conclusions yourself. Yeah, but at least I'm glad that he, he outlines these things explicitly for those of us who would, you know, maybe haven't been able to piece <laughs> things together. <laughs> what what would Varg do? Put the pieces together. What would Varg do? What would Varg do? What Varg would certainly you in the head. a north star <laughs> with which to orient yourself. Yeah. <laughs> what a, there there are there are there are a few dribs and drabs that we could talk about before wrapping up. There is one about gluttony called gluttony, where mm. he talks about Africa, the reason why. They're poor and don't have enough to eat is because they're lazy and gluttonous. Yes. And even though they have a favourable climate, they're, they're just too lazy and disorganised and rely on the white man's help. Um, they indulge in gender bending, leading to hunger and deadly diseases. And... and I would like to also make clear, <laughs> none just, of this is justified. <laughs> he just says, he just says it. He doesn't have to accept Varg it. doesn't provide a bibliography at the end of, of Varg's song. <laughs> no, he's, he's transcended the need for, for referencing. For puny systems. <laughs> he's not using the Harvard system to like, oh, yes, well, gender bending in Africa, if you go to... Cut that bit out. <laughs> don't cut don't pin this out. shit on me. <laughs> cut that bit. Cut, cut that bit out. I'm gonna clap. Cut that one out. Don't mention Jack's last name in reference to to, to, to references in in Park's, in Park's book. No, maybe maybe you should maybe you should keep that bit in, but just bleep your last name when I said it. <laughs> Build some tension. Last name reveal. <laughs> yeah, interesting. So yeah, he um, <sighs> he's he's got that. He's got a bit where he talks about Southern Europeans. They're a bunch of crooks. Yeah. Italians, Greeks, the Spanish. Uh, he says he he's met a number of them. They're crooks. He talks about how um yeah. How they often joke about Scandinavians as being really easy to swindle. And this is because Scandinavians are innately honourable. Yes. Which means that they can be a bit gullible. Varg makes sure to say he has not personally been swindled because he's, he's obviously just too capable. But most true Scandinavians are very honourable. And this yeah. makes them easy to take advantage of by Southern Europeans. 
And he also says that when he was in prison, most, most, uh, many of the people there had some southern blood in them. There were very few pure Nordic inmates. <laughs> <laughs> so, How can you refute yeah, the empirical let, evidence? Let no one be Jack. misled. Varg's, Varg's racism doesn't stop at white people. Like, you've, you've got to be a certain type of white person. Well, there's gradations. There's, there's not... Yeah, it's not... There's a... No, let's be clear. There shouldn't be gradations within people. None of that. But between no. people, there are gradations. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess Varg is not a white supremacist. He, tr- he strikes me as a whitest supremacist. <laughs> like, you've, you've got to be at the top of the pyramid. <laughs> Apart from that, I, th- I think we're done, really, with I think we're Varg. done. I think... I think we're done with Varg. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> I think we've covered all the goddamn bases. <laughs> so, oh man, what was? How did you find reading Varg Smile? Because I found this quite a difficult book to read. <laughs> I didn't have a good time. Aren't you just looking forward to playing Mifarog? Jack. <laughs> if it I, has um, a bit less if it has a bit less hatred, then I can do it. it. That's, I that was my that was entire my, game is premised my biggest on take hatred. Away from this. <laughs> Probably. Okay, well, if it's not as obvious as in Vogue Smile then. If it's easier to ignore. Yeah. It's my main takeaway from Vogue Smile is it's it's just pure hatred. It's just Distilled hatred. Yeah. And again, not defending not defending the guy. But he was in prison, perhaps in isolation, whilst he's mm. writing much of this. And even in the afterword he sort of says, like, oh yeah, you know, didn't have any chance to edit it. Maybe I wouldn't have done done it like this or whatever uh, but yeah he was a person who was locked in prison at 21 for killing a bandmate and potentially burning down churches um, and at least part, part of why he killed his bandmate was at, at least some homophobia so he was he was not a pleasant person to be around he was already extreme he was then put in prison in isolation and yes. wrote Vargas. Like he was he was already an extreme person put under even more duress and then he wrote Vargas Smile. Vargas Smile is the outcome of that. And it Vargas Smile and Burzum like that. Uh, dungeon synth, right? Then <laughs> the Burzum Dungeon Synth. The Burzum Dungeon Synth is a lot easier to get through than Vargas Smile. If you mm. if you have to consume one of them, I recommend the dungeon synth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if somebody ever puts a gun to your head, if you have no choice, if you had no choice, and they said you must, you must consume <laughs> Varg Smile or burst some dungeon <laughs> synth. The dungeon Take synth. the dungeon synth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do the dungeon synth. Do the dungeon Varg synth. Twelve hours <laughs> of dungeon synth on repeat. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, yeah. Uh, what what are you? Where's your head at? 
it's probably a reflection of my, you know, the, the, the fact that I do have brown hair and brown eyes. The fact that I've spent a lot of time in educational institutions and I am yes. I, Jewish I am indoctrination already. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, it, this, this is evidence of my deep indoctrination. I'd, I just felt bad reading this. I'd, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, it does make we're laughing about it, but man, this was, this was hard fucking work. I, I did not enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. When you read something that is actually just pure, like like unadulterated hatred towards hate, uh, like many many people, um, mm. and you know, like I think the um, yeah, the anti-Semitism was probably the the part that it probably was pretty hard to read at times. Yeah, it just makes you feel like crap, really, which isn't that surprising. Which I I, just, I didn't like, I didn't feel good. We. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't want to speak on your behalf, Jack, um, but I mm. personally would not recommend reading I this. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think that this is necessary? I just want to make it clear that we did not personally endorse any of the views expressed in Vine's <laughs> smile. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't I, I, I'm not sure that there's a. Oh no! Like even you know, when when I read these things, eating the healthy podcast, and going for a run in the forest is good, so long as you're not preparing yes. for war. If you're not, so <laughs> long as it's, it's, it's not war. in service of the the impending race war, <laughs> then taking care of your fitness yeah. is a good thing. That's probably the only point. Of Are there any other? Other are there any points that we can we can we give him anything else? <laughs> so when 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 I read things for the podcast, I try to be as generous as I can be because clearly clearly he thinks he's right. Hence you are we the crazy ones. He he is willing to be socially ostracized for what he believes. And he he broadcasts what he believes. You know, he had a YouTube channel before he deleted it where he, where he would talk about the sort of thing he published, Vargsmile. He's published a lot of books. He's not hiding these beliefs, even though they're very unpopular. So I, when I read these things, I try to have some empathy. I try to find empathy so that I can discuss them and try to work out why he's talking about this. But... Man, with he didn't make it easy for me. It and really, it, apart from apart from like, oh, stretch each day, do some push ups, go for a run, eat well. Uh, I'm not sure there's anything in here that I can that I can agree with. And even that, as we said, that is in preparation for race war. Yeah, and and the thing is as well, like I don't know, he didn't. It's kind of hard to find biographical information on that guy. You might know more about him, but because of that lack of biographical information about like more, you know, really what you know what his life was like before um, Burzum and Mayhem, like don't necessarily understand where this came from entirely. Like yeah, this kid just shows up, starts playing 
did Norwegian black metal and stabs a guy and then writes this book. Like, <laughs> you get Varg smile. And out then of you it. get Varg smile. Yeah, like it's pretty full on. Each episode, we rate these books from one to ten on how convincing we found it. What would you give Varg smile? I'm feeling. Probably a one. I think this is the lowest score Are we allowed I've given to give anything. Him a zero? Are we allowed to give him a zero? <laughs> is that <laughs> going even lower? Okay. Like there's there's essentially nothing redeemable about it, except for the fact that it was better written than Poseidus. So maybe I'll give him a one. That's why <laughs> I'm giving him a one and not a zero because it's not as boring as Poseidus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he gets. Points for that, but other than not being as boring as Juan Pesadas, but then he is very hateful, like extremely hateful. Um, yeah, and that's a really difficult. Like that's that 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 is probably the uh, it was like taxing on the soul. <laughs> yeah, I don't I know just, how this, how this you live as a person an- like that. Um, Oh, I guess you don't. You end up in well, prison, don't the, you? <laughs> hence, hence the are we the crazy ones? Because well, what do you think? You gave believe, him a he, one. He right? really believes this. Are we the crazy ones, Jack? What do you I, think, Varg? I, I felt like I was going crazy after reading this. This wasn't an easy episode to prepare for. It really took a toll. Um. I think also because we've been reading pretty extreme stuff non-stop in preparation for each episode for a while now. <laughs> yeah, this is like many weeks straight <laughs> of reading unbelievably out easy. there points of view that are often very poorly written. In fact, at some point, can we pick a book that's at least well written? <laughs> oh. yeah. Are we doing Terence Terrence McKenna? McKenna next? Next? I hope so. Can we take a break from this? He, <laughs> this is like he the apocalyptic didn't hate communist. everyone. No, he, he, I mean Terrence he loved everyone. McKenna he loved everyone, and he loved mushrooms. He's just a good guy. He's yeah. just a weirdo. I could do with some Terence McKenna. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, so we've, we've awarded Varg Smile a zero and a one. Yes. Well, no, <laughs> I, I I upped him to a one. I upped him to a one for not being as horrible okay. as Pesadus to read. Not being as boring. So we get a one on one. Okay. And so my conclusion is that are we the crazy ones? Am I the crazy one? Uh, no. I suppose that's unsurprising. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 read, I read the whole thing and took extensive notes on it. That I'm sure qualifies as insanity in some, some respect. Have I been brought around to Varg's worldview? No. Uh, I, 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 I maintain my belief in Mother Pig. Well, that's just because you're biased, Jack. You brown-eyed, brown-haired piece of trash. <laughs> Look at you. Exactly. Insu- well, that, yeah. Insufficiently well, it, racially superior. <laughs> it's, it's my muddy genes. Your muddy genes. You need a couple more generations mm-hmm. of, of mixing with some nice mm-hmm. Scandinavian. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, my wife has blonde hair and green eyes, so... Not, not good enough. Our children will be better than me, but, but Varg probably than wouldn't be happy her. with it. Yeah, 
worse yeah, than her. They're going to have to marry up. <laughs> marry up the marry up the hierarchy. Let's, let's stop t- talking about Varg, please. <laughs> okay, <laughs> here's my final quote. <laughs> here's my final quote from from Varg. Just to, I think this is like a, a good one to sum it up. A heathen shall never be humble or modest. We have no reason to be this. We are heathens. We all have reasons to feel better than all others. We are better. To believe anything else is a Jewish thought. I have the world's best company in prison. Myself. We've committed to ten episodes that, minimum, Jack. <laughs> I give I give Varg one desperate howl out of ten. <laughs> Tune in next time for Terence McKenna, I think. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>